Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. JC Weaver is back with us today to talk about the enemies to lovers trope. So thank you for joining us, JC. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what is it about enemies to lovers that made you want to come and chat with us today? I think I have been a sucker for this trope since I was a middle schooler, actually. <laughs> Um, in my rom-coms that I watch every now and then, I, it's still just my favorite. I, I love something about the tension mm -hmm. and the um, animosity and how they have to overcome that and um, how easy it is to find that you've got two people who so fervently believe something and usually one or both of them are wrong. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love just, I love seeing that get smoothed out and um, yet it still sparks that little bit of chemistry, even uh, it's right there under the surface, even when they don't like each other. <laughs> I like that. That works for me. So yeah. let's let's talk, maybe it sort of leads in well into what we mean by enemies, because I feel like there are a lot of ways we could interpret that, um, that word or that aspect of this trope. And um, also, you know, as you're talking, is enemies to love the same as hate to love? I, I often hear them used interchangeably. So is it the same or is it not the same? What do you think? Um, Valerie, do you wanna go first? I, I would think so. I guess I take a fairly broad definition of the the um, enemies part. So for me, I would just when I was thinking over this question, I thought there's kind of two angles that you can come at this from. And one is if they've got a, a history together and something happened, either either they were to, together together once and something came between them or they always hated each other like um and then the and, and so now we're having a romance so good luck with that um <laughs> or they've just met like in chapter one is their meet cute and you're like okay why would they like instantly clash against each other so i think there's those two ways and they can play out really differently but ultimately i think there's a lot of similarity in them Narelle, what about you? What do you think? Um, well, what Val said. So I think the shared history, and often that can go back to childhood or high school. I've, I found it sort of a theme with that. And then the other one, when they first meet, that can often be circumstances. So they're pitted against each other because what they want and their goals are um, basically, it's a win-lose. They both can't win. Someone wins and someone loses. So I see it as the shared history issue or it's the win-lose on um, their goals and what they want in the story. Okay. All right, JC. I, yeah, I think you have very valid points. Um, I think there, there can be so many different ways that it can be approached. Um, the, but the essential core has to be that there's the animosity <laughs> with sure. the chemistry. Yeah, because you figure love and hate, they are two sides of the same coin. And they say it's a very fine line between the two that the opposite is not one or the other. It's apathy. So they're related. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess I see a slight difference between hate to love and enemies to lover. Uh, although, I mean, I can see using them interchangeably, but I think you can be enemies with someone without necessarily hating them. Um, 
you, you know, if they're just, I don't know. Now I'm trying to come up with an example of how, and I'm drawing a blank. I think what, what JC said there plays into that though, because let's say uh, they're both going for one prize and yeah. only one of them is going yeah. to win. They don't have to hate each other. True. Um, yeah. They, they're gonna like try and sabotage each other and whatever, but it won't come necessarily out of a place of hatred. It'll come yeah. out of a place of that's my prize and I'm gonna get it. So I wonder is opponents versus enemies maybe is a more yeah correct way and that of one yeah it for all that I mean the trope is not called opponents to love so <laughs> we'll stick with enemies but yeah um that's that's a good point that's a good point all right I like yeah that. well they have to if they're going to be enemies they have to get to if they're going to end up with a happily ever after they then have to transition out of enemies mm -hmm. to working together in some kind of cooperative way to then falling in love you don't yeah. just fall in love with your enemy so <laughs> it just doesn't work no. yeah when you're looking at, you know, if you just like line up 50 romances in a row and, and look through them, how many of them are going to have that instant attraction thing and how many are going to have the instant repelling thing, which is what we're talking about today? And are there any other ways to start? Is there a way to start a story with them indifferent to each other? I mean, I think Island. so. <laughs> I, I think so. Um... I think a lot of friends to more start out mm -hmm. with them certainly romantically indifferent to one another. Right. Okay. Um, uh, you know, now they they obviously are friends, but they don't even have to be besties. Sometimes with friends to more, they're right. just they in the just same hanging out. In the same right. Crowd. They know each other. That's about yeah. all. They, that's all they got going for them is they know each other. Yeah. Um, so that's I, the I, yeah. I think you can. I think you can have that sort of indifference. Um, and then that can be stranded happens. together. When they're stranded together somewhere, it's yeah. that's where I think um, one of the, one, yeah, that's where I think you can really see that indifference because they're forced to confront each other. They can't just ignore each other. So some people's default, if they don't like someone, is to ignore them. But if you're stranded in a snow, snowstorm or on an island or in a, car traveling somewhere or whatever and you can't avoid that person then you actually see what's really going on in the relationship i can see that yeah but that's not enemies to lovers and that's why we're here so. <laughs> well it can be a, it can be a combo like tropes usually don't stand on their own like there are very few books that just have a single trope without a mashup of a few other different things so um i think stranded stranded together and enemies to love can be a match if that makes sense, that people, that authors have used and sure. can be quite fun in stories. I can see that. There's no one I would rather not be stranded with than you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if, yeah. if Tom Hanks really hated volleyballs, then <laughs> that, I just made that movie so much worse. <laughs> Is that really possible though? I mean. I'm not a fan of volleyball. I don't know. I don't think Wilson and I would have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so let's let's dive into books um we're going to talk about good enemy to love ccr and uh we're going to start with valerie pick one pick one off your list well i have recently read beyond the tides by liz johnson <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list too how was it and how mine. i do have recently read this book <laughs> 
we have recently read this book um, because we recently did a podcast with Liz. But so this couple um, knew each other in high school, um, but there wasn't ever a romance between them. So it doesn't fit that little niche. Um, something happened, as always seems to be the case. Something happened to turn them into enemies. And Meg has hated Oliver ever since. And, um, and he deserved it to a degree. Like what he did wasn't absent-minded or thoughtless. It was something he did on purpose um, out, of a, out of a place of pain. But um, what I found interesting about this particular one is that she, um, she, Meg, she could really hold a grudge like just about nobody else I've ever heard of. So it took an awful lot to get her kind of around, wrapped around to where she could see anything good in Oliver at all. Yeah. Her sense of proportion, I felt, I struggled with probably the good first 65% of that book because Meg's sense of proportion was, I felt so off. I'm, I just, I'm like, you would rather ruin your life because you're mad at him. Like I, I get if you hate someone that you don't want to see them succeed, but I don't see torpedoing your own life because yeah. you're just bound and determined to make sure that they never get anything good in their life. And Meg, that's sort of how she started out. Um, yes, pretty much. So it was hard for me to read because I just, I'm like, girl, let's, we need, you need therapy, possibly a good shake, <laughs> like a really hard shake, maybe several really hard shakes. But on the um, other hand, on the other hand, um, I mean, as a mum who's her, who has older teenage children, mm-hmm. um, and my daughter's in her last year of school at the moment, the amount of pressure that is on my daughter in terms of what you do, what you score, your results are going to determine the rest of your life. Sure. Um, that's I can see why you could carry that failure to get to that Ivy League uni um, college because of this particular incident, I can see why that would actually have an impact on her because I think our education system is really priming young people to think if I fail my last year at school, my life is a failure. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It's just so much angst, I think. And I think there's more angst than I'm watching my kids experience than I actually experienced when I finished high school. And hopefully it's in a unique Australian thing and you guys may not have all this pressure and stress, but I can, yeah. So to be fair, I can see why she, I could actually see why she can carry that and why it's still a big deal. Even though I'm not that type of person, like I would get over it. Um, But I can see why certain personality types put into a certain situation could really hold on to, he ruined my life. He, that was my opportunity. That was my one chance to go for gold and he took it from me. So yeah, Yeah. I can see both sides of it. Young people (laughs) have this sense. I don't know if you remember, but I just, I vividly remember how everything as a teen just feels so big and so long and so monumental that just one little thing and you really look back now that you know the 40s have hit and you're like (laughs) that was like a four month long relationship and yet it still feels like it was years of your life when you know when you think about it because it felt so big 
And so for her to be able to capture that, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Even though it feels unrealistic to us now, when you're living in those shoes as a young person, it feels monumental. So I wouldn't say it felt unrealistic. I think almost it was too realistic. And, and that's <laughs> some of that's why I struck because I do know people in my own world who are like that. Now they're, they're very mentally ill, but um, <laughs> so, you know, but but if you're not listening. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. Um, you know, but but no, that was realistic. And I get that people do do that. But I also wish that they didn't do that in real life, too. It's like, let's step back and find perspective just for five minutes. Let's try. <laughs> so but it definitely fits enemies to lovers. It is a fabulous, fabulous choice for enemies to lovers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I now have added it to my TBR. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fun story. And um, she and and once you start to find out why she's, it's not just what happened in high school. It's like that's the icing on the cake or the, the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. There's a whole lot of other things that have happened in her life. And so when we first meet her, she's at a point of pretty major emotional stress with what's happening with her mom and there's a whole lot of stuff so once you look at the sort of complete person and the whole baggage you can actually see why it makes sense well I could anyway so I really enjoyed that book <laughs> all right Narelle pick, an, pick another one. <laughs> uh, well Beyond the Tides was the first one so mm -hmm. I'm going to jump to um, Star Rising by Janet Ferguson mm -hmm. so this one is probably more a circumstance um enemies to love rather than having any shared history. So Star, who is a heroine in the story, she's a companion to the hero's mother and her mother's not well. I'm not going to go too much into detail on the story because I've talked about this one a few times now. And so they end up, Star ends up accompanying her um, boss on a tour of Ireland and the boss's son is really questioning her motives and why is what's going on there with this relationship that this employee has with his mum and doesn't trust her and he basically gate crashes their tour of Ireland. So it's, and she really resents the fact that he thinks that she's, um, <coughs> excuse me, she thinks that he's got dodgy motives. Yeah, like she's really offended that he thinks that she's not a good person. So that sort of enemies and sort of that enemy situation is set up by the circumstances. And as they get to know each other, then obviously things start to change. But it's a really fun story because it really has that great enemies to love dynamic where they start off not liking each other for a certain reason and then they fall in love as they actually get to start to know each other. That's a good choice, that story. Yes, yes. yes it is. I think that's one of those things that we love about and that makes enemies to lovers such a great trope is that we love to root for the underdog. And so you're always picking and choosing when you're reading. And sometimes they're both the underdog because they're both, you know, being treated badly by the other person. And so you're rooting for them, not only to get over themselves, but you're rooting for them to figure it out. You're rooting for them to get together. You're rooting for them to see the truth. Mm -hmm. And so you have that little piece of us that just loves to cheer for the underdog. And I think that's a really big part of why it's such a great trope. Yep. Definitely. So I chose, um, Unkissable by J.C. Weaver. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> That's also on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the fact that um, in this one, while they're, 
they're enemies, but not like he has grown past it, even though he's, he's sort of like, I've forgiven her. I don't want her back in my life at all, ever, ever. Like may she rot in California and I never see her again, (laughs) but, but he's, it's not active. And so when, um, he's, he's like, when the chance to help her, she needs some help. He doesn't step away. He's like, God, really? Are you, are you really doing this? <laughs> and then God's like, yeah, I'm really doing this. And he's like, dang it. Um, so he does, <laughs> but he's not, so they're not picking at each other the whole time, which sometimes with enemies to lovers, it it's too much picking at each other. And it's like, okay, y'all need to start working through this any minute now. <laughs> um <laughs> Coach Elizabeth is telling you how to do this. Yes. (laughs) So there's not that overwhelming extended picking at each other, um, which to like the mom of a teenager, I'm like, I don't have to read this. I could put my book down and I would hear it. So, (laughs) you know, Um, so I liked that because they still, he's still just like, oh, I despise everything she stands for but I'm going to try to find the good here because I really feel like God has told me I have to. Um, and it's just a really powerful story of um, redemption, which I think from a CCR perspective, if you're gonna do enemies to lovers, you've gotta get to the redemption yeah. in, in some way, um, or you're missing what could be amazing. No, I agree. That was a, that was a fun one. A good one. Yeah. Yep. All right, Daisy. So mine, the one that I picked actually isn't CCR. I picked a clean romance from Emma St. Clair, the falling for your enemy that she just came out with, uh, last week (laughs) or the week before. Um, I have devoured that entire series because it's just so good. The unusual characters are amazing. And um, I just loved this one because they, she and he both did something to the other one um, out of their own individual hurt. And the hurt ran deep, but it was completely blown out of proportion by other people, thanks to social media and the media. So um, I love that. And then they were thrown into a situation where they have to take a uh, road trip together and figure things out. And it's just disaster after disaster after disaster. And it's moment after moment after moment where they have to figure out, is she still being a jerk to me? But this doesn't match with what I'm seeing in person. And so you've got all these things that could make it such a monumental disaster, but they're still fighting the fact that they know the person that they're getting to know isn't probably who they thought. Yeah, cool. but she holds on to it every time you they get a little bit further ahead and then oh but maybe not so and I love that I love the tension and the give and the take and the push and the pull that's that's always and, and in that one I've read that one as well in that whole series and part of it too is it's been set up through the previous books right yeah so yeah. If, if you're not walking into it cold at the beginning of that one yeah yeah, yeah. so you know you know why they <laughs> exactly yeah it was fun you have another one Valerie 
Oh, sure. I've got a list. I can, I can keep adding to it all day here. Um, I'm going to go with Longing for Lily by Tara Grace Erickson. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's a similar thing that there was something that happened in the past, only this time there had been a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but Josh doesn't know what happened to blow things up 12 years ago. Boy, we can't hold grudges, can't we? <laughs> uh, other, he knows that they were dating and that he failed her, but he he doesn't realize how much. He doesn't realize um, what what secrets she's holding. So, gonna leave it kind of with that. <laughs> but she is on a no way. We're staying apart. Um, I can't let you close. Um, I can't let anyone close. And um, and. He, that kind of is the pressure that puts them together because I think that there has to really be a strong reason for them to need oh, yeah. keep being yeah. in each other's life in this trope in particular all of them but this one demands it because otherwise they're gone um, <laughs> like magnet ends that repel right <laughs> so um, she runs an event barn um, and does weddings and he's a wedding photographer and he's the popular photographer and so they wind up working together over and over and uh, she's just trying to keep him at arm's length and well you know what it's a romance novel and it doesn't work really well <laughs> but just, uh, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of tension in there um as you try and figure out what exactly you know all went on in there yeah that's a good one I'm going to go next before Narelle can steal my next one because <laughs> and I oh let's see <laughs> she and I sometimes overlap and, I, um, all right let's see let's see if you pick the one that I've left till I've got <laughs> two more but okay. this was probably the I think you're going to say one of them <laughs> probably probably we'd we'd been off the Kara Isaac train for a while but we're getting back on the Kara Isaac train um with I mean you could pick a number of them yeah um I was thinking of the one with Victor which whose name I've now forgotten but I'm not picking that one uh, even though <laughs> Victor is an absolutely horrible human being who then isn't becomes cheating a reasonably to say I good could, human being. I could talk about this one, but I'm not, isn't that I'm cheating? not, because I'm not, because I don't remember the title, but I will look up the title and put it, and put it in the show notes. Um, but I just, I went with my, my favorite with Then There Was You, um, which is absolutely enemies to lovers. Um, because he is just determined to think the worst of everything. Um, he starts out with assumptions and then he builds all his future um, feelings on those assumptions that were wrong. Um, and so it just becomes this whole thing. And she's just like, what did I ever do to you? You're such a jerk because he's just such a jerk to her. And she's yeah. like, what, what on earth? I literally just got in the country. I don't understand why you're being this way. Um, and he's just made assumptions and then piles onto them. Um, and so then unraveling those and picking them apart and him getting to see who she really is and her finally realizing like, wait, you thought what? Um, <laughs> makes a really fun ending where they're figuring it out after having become friends sort of in spite of each other. Um, so. That's, that's part of, I think, what makes that book so fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really but we fun. kind of fangirl about that book. I don't know if anyone has anything <laughs> new to say about it. I yeah, mean, I think it, it was for, like everything. Yeah. 
And I think it was when they left, briefly left Australia and went somewhere else in the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it really started to unpack the um, the enemies to love and things really started to change. Yeah. It was yeah. a very well-written book. Yeah. Yes. First tend to be. Yes. yes. All right, Narelle. Okay, well, I actually remembered another one, but I'll go with one of the original ones I had, which is um, Love and Other Mistakes by Jessica Kate. So the setup, I won't go into too much detail. I have talked about it before, but um, Jeremy is basically Natalie's Mm ex-fiancé and he basically, chapter one, he turns up in her life again, pretty much um, ruins her chance of doing something really important with her job at the very beginning of the story. And she absolutely hates him, like hate, hate, hate. It's very, it's pretty much um, the I hate you trope on steroids, this mm-hmm. book. And it's so much fun. And at times I get very frustrated with the I hate you trope, but I keep reading it because I like seeing <laughs> how it all sorts itself out. So I'm just, as long as it by the 50% mark, as long as I'm halfway through and it's starting to turn and we get past the, um, the sniping and all the rest of it, then I'm okay. <laughs> Yes, so that's a really fun story if you haven't read it by Jessica Cade. And a lot of her, pretty much most of her books have, um, she really likes writing the um, enemies to love trope. So if you're a big fan of enemies to love, look up Jessica Cade's books. I have to say as an author, it's a lot of fun to write that sniping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, the the words just flow. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm just like... (laughs) Go to your room, both of you, until you can be kind. So you're not going to enjoy reading and um, beta reading my next, uh, <laughs> just so you know. I don't mind reading it. I just don't like writing it. I don't, I don't. I'm just like, one of you has to behave. Somebody choose to be the bigger person, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll let my characters know. Yeah, yes. I know. Not that they're, not that they're listening. <laughs> can you really control what they're doing i mean no no. i just i just record exactly yeah exactly all right jc you said you only had the one do you did you think of one while we were talking no because i'm just enjoying agreeing and i'm filling out my my list of get your tbr growing i'm really surprised i have another one that no one's mentioned and i'm super surprised by this and that's the trouble with the trouble with love by tony shiloh because she oh, really yes. finds him annoying and painful at the beginning. And then when yes. he's stuck living in the apartment in New York City and he's this annoying person that she's known since high school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was another one I enjoyed. That was excellent. That I think she's one. got a couple of others as well whose names are escaping me, but in the Freedom Lake series, mm-hmm. which yes. I yes. think you're going to go for them to be fresh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there are a few. I wish that my title amnesia was not such a real thing. <laughs> I all suffer from that. So the, the solution to this is you have a blog with book recommendations where you tag things really, really well. So when you do a search of your own blog, you can find it and jog your memory. That's the solution to it. That's my Narelle's solution. <laughs> this is amnesia. <laughs> We probably should wrap up. We're nearing our time. Um, final enemies to lovers thoughts. I feel like we have to at least mention one movie, which is 10 things I hate about you because yes. that is sort of the quintessential hate to love early nineties rom-com. 
Plastic Aussie leather. hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's older than that because it's just Taming of the Shrew. So. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> Which there is a really fabulous... Um, is it Emma Thompson? It's probably Emma Thompson. It's always Emma Thompson. There's a fabulous movie version of that as well with Kenneth Branagh and uh, Emma Thompson because it's got to be Emma Thompson. It's always Emma Thompson. Um, <laughs> or Kiss Me Kate, which is the, yeah. the 50s version that yes. they did of Kiss Me Kate, which is fantastic as well. Oh, yes. I mean, that's sort of like the original, uh, the, the OG hate to love, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And any version of that, I am down for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's always so much fun. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So other than Shakespeare, finally, <laughs> it's good to end with Shakespeare. Um, JC, thank you for joining us. It's always fun to have you. Um, tell us, remind us where we, where we find you. Uh, like everywhere. <laughs> so... Um, I'm on Inspi Romance this coming next week with uh, my latest blog there. And I'm always on Facebook. You can find me on jcweaver.com, although I don't really blog because Inspi is about all I can handle doing once a month. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a blogger. Perfect. But I love being everywhere else. So excellent. Do you have any books coming out soon? Um, I do. Come September 14th, my um, Braver With You is a Friends to More engagement romance uh, in that collection with Save the Date authors. It's going to be lots of fun. Okay. And then later this Christmas season, I'll have a book inside of the 2021 Christmas Lights collection. So. Awesome. Thanks. Great. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us at Story Chats. Let us know your thoughts. What did we miss? Because we probably missed some. Narelle has a big list that we didn't even get to. So <laughs> probably let us know the ones that are filling out Narelle's list. Valerie too. has a big list. I, got I to need all the ones on to my build list. my list. So. <laughs> so. Send me all the titles. Leave us comments on our YouTube or over on the Story Chats Facebook page. We love to hear from you. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash storychats. And if you are watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>